would please grab your copy of God's living word and turn to Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. We'll read that before Corey brings us a portion of God's word. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. And that most of the brethren, trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. We are just delighted to have Corey and Heather Pierce with us today. Corey will be graduating in just a few months from Bear Valley Bible Institute. Uh, he is the son of a gospel preacher and the grandson of a gospel preacher too, Rocco Pierce, who has been our way here at Westside on a number of occasions. Not only does he have that in his blood, but his wife, Heather, is the daughter of a gospel preacher too. We are glad to have them with us. Corey has done really well in the Bible Institute. Uh, I know that he'll do a good job for us today. You can tell a lot about a young couple by the way they relate to old people and by the way they relate to little people. And it just happened that when they came they came to the home of an older couple, or at least an older guy, M Mr. Mike. But when they got to our house shortly after, there was a little person there, Ellie. And Ellie is three years old, and we are practicing. We are practicing hunting Easter eggs already. And as soon as she saw Mr. Corey and Miss Heather, she wanted them to help her hunt Easter eggs. And they joined right along and had a big time. And then Mr. Terry Pafford came by to pick up Corey and Heather for supper. And Mr. Corey played hunt the Easter eggs with us too. You can tell a lot about a person by how they relate to older people and the little people. Corey, preach a great God to us. Preach from his word. They're worried sick about him. He's in prison. And all he did to get himself there was he preached the gospel. Is he being fed? Is he okay? What about his physical and his mental state? How's he doing? They've sent him Epaphroditus to bring him a gift to help make sure that he's taken care of. But they haven't received many, much word from him. And so they're worried. So he writes them a letter. 
and sends it back to them by the hand of Epaphroditus. Paul wants the Philippian church to know that he's okay. Even in his current state, he's all right. His time in prison hasn't been wasted because Paul has a goal. Paul has a goal that he's still striving towards even though he's in prison. A goal that he wants to share with the Philippian church. A goal that I hope you and I will share in. Some have put it like this. Paul is striving to keep the main thing the main thing. While I'm not the author of that phrase, it's not original with me, it does a good job of describing Paul's motive as he writes the latter parts of Philippians chapter 3. And I hope you'll open your Bible and, and turn there with me as we look at this idea of keeping the main thing the main thing and, and what that means. It means focusing on the goal, not losing sight of it, but striving towards it, reaching out towards it, staying focused on what's most important. And so as we look at the text for the next few minutes, I want to talk about how it is that we keep the main thing the main thing. How do we focus on the goal. And the first thing we do is that we need to know the goal. Look with me at Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 through 21. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining towards what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think in this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and they have gloried in their shame. With minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. From it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like His glorious body. By the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. Forgetting what lies behind, Paul presses towards the goal. He strains towards the goal. The idea there is that Paul is like a runner in a race. And he's reaching out, straining, trying to make himself as long as he can to reach the goal just that much quicker. Paul's pressing for it. He's straining to reach the finish line. Paul wants the Philippians to know that even in his current state, he's still striving towards that goal. He may be in prison, but make no mistake, his time is not wasted. Think about some of the things that happened earlier in the book in, in, verse, or in chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. And I appreciate our brother reading that for us earlier. Because of Paul's situation, the gospel is being preached. Because of his situation, the whole imperial guard or the whole praetorian guard has come to know Christ Jesus. Because of his situation, 
And because of his imprisonment, brothers have been emboldened to preach Christ with confidence. Because of his imprisonment, the gospel is being preached. And it might be being preached out of envy and strife, but it's still being preached. Those who preach it might be seeking to afflict Paul, but they're not getting to him. Because Paul knows they're preaching the gospel regardless of their motivation. Because of Paul's imprisonment, the gospel's being advanced, and Paul's goal is being reached. Philippians chapter 2, verse 19, because of Paul's imprisonment, Timothy and Epaphroditus have grown in their own ministries. Philippians 1.21, Paul says, For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. What he means by that is, should he die in his imprisonment, he gets to go on to his reward, and he's okay with that. But, as long as he's alive, he gets to preach Christ. And he's okay with that too. There's nothing that can happen to him that's going to keep him from that goal. He's straining for it. He says, I can continue to work towards that upward call, and I can continue to share my goal with others, even in my imprisonment. While Paul is straining towards that goal, he wants the Philippians to know that he hasn't yet obtained it. You see, Paul is a spiritual giant in the eyes of the Philippians, and it's important to him that they know that while he is still straining towards that goal, he's not there yet. Look at verse 12 with me, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I've already obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. It's important that we as Christians keep that in mind, that we have not yet obtained our goal. That baptism is not the end of the road. That a healthy prayer life or a healthy uh, amount of time spent studying God's word, that's not the end of the road. Paul hasn't reached the goal yet. He's not done. He's not yet obtained it. We also have not yet obtained our goal. We must remember to continue striving towards that goal, to reach out towards it, and not allow ourselves to believe that we have crossed the finish line, that we have finished the race. Paul would warn the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12, let he who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. If Paul had reached his goal, would he still be striving for it? Would he still be reaching out to grasp something he'd already taken hold of? Certainly not. And so he warns the Philippians, and he warns you and I, not to make the mistake of thinking that you finish the race before you've crossed the finish line. He's still reaching out and straining because he realizes he's not there yet. And he's not going to allow a false sense of security to rob him of his eternal reward. So as Paul sits in prison, he writes to the Philippian church telling them that he's okay because even in his current situation, he still strives towards that goal. So what is that goal? He refers to it as that prize of the upward call of Christ. And he tells us what that prize is. Look at verse 11. He is seeking resurrection from the dead. That's Paul's ultimate goal. That's what he's looking for. He wants the Philippian church to share with him in that goal, that resurrection of the dead. That's the prize. That's what he's looking for. And note why he wants that in verse 12. He says, I press on to make it my own because Christ has made me his own. Paul is striving towards that upward call of Christ because Christ has made him his own. Christ has opened a door of invitation to Paul 
through his, bat, or through his death on the cross. And so Paul seeks to step through that door. And he hopes that the Philippians will follow him through it. He hopes that you and I will follow him through it. Paul's goal is to go to heaven. Is that your goal? Do you share with Paul in that? Are you too striving towards the finish line so that you might receive resurrection from the dead? If that is the case, then Paul notes that to do that, to keep the main thing the main thing, you're going to have to know what the obstacles are. As previously mentioned, celebrating too early can keep us from crossing that finish line. You remember the story of the tortoise and the hare? How the hare challenges the tortoise to a race. And he mocks the tortoise as they get up to the, finish, or to the starting line and they set up. And as soon as the race begins, the hare takes off and is quickly out of sight of the tortoise. So he lays down beside the racetrack and he begins to take a nap. While the hare sleeps peacefully, the tortoise slowly crawls towards the finish line. And then he crosses it. And the hare wakes up to defeat. You know, we use that story to teach this concept of slow and steady wins the race. But I want to suggest to you that there's an alternative moral to that lesson. A false sense of security robs us of victory. Paul warns them he has not yet obtained his goal. Don't let a false sense of security keep you from obtaining your goal. Don't let yourself become spiritually lazy because you think you're already there. Brothers and sisters, if you think you stand, please take heed lest you fall. Another obstacle that Paul mentions is looking back. Look with me at verse 13. Paul forgets what lies behind. Do you think Paul might have had some things in his past that could have hindered his race? What about past failures? Do you ever struggle to let go of past sins? What, what might Paul have in his past that could hinder him? Maybe he thinks of the family of Stephen who he stoned. You think that ever keeps him up at night knowing the role he played in the stoning of Stephen? And what about those in Damascus who he was headed to torment? Do you think knowledge of the things he did in his former life of sin might keep him up at night? Might keep him from pressing on towards that goal? But he's not going to let it because he forgets what lies behind. What about past success? Did Paul maybe have some success in his past that would prevent him from striving towards his goal? Think about it. He studied at the feet of Gamaliel, and now he sits at the feet of imperial guards. A mind once stimulated by the greatest rabbis and teachers the Jewish faith had to offer, now tormented by the monotony of incar incarceration. Do you think he ever longed for the freedom he once had? As he sat in that prison, do you think that ever discouraged him or could have discouraged him? But he's not going to let it. Are there ever times when we struggle in our faith because being a Christian means that today is harder than yesterday was? Well, Paul's not going to allow the memory of how great things used to be to rob him of how great things are going to be. He forgets what lies behind. And he presses on. The second obstacle that Paul notes is those who walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. 
It's the cross of Christ that makes resurrection for the dead possible. This prize that we have made it our goal to reach out and obtain was purchased by the blood of Christ on that cross. But Paul tells us that there are those who walk as enemies of that cross. As Paul in tears warns the Philippians, and he warns you and I, he warns you to imitate him and to keep our eyes on those who are following him. To walk according to their example. He's in tears as he mourns those who did not heed his warning, but now walk as enemies themselves. To those who no longer strive towards the finish line, but have been turned back seeking things of their former lives of sin, Paul mourns because he knows that their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. They no longer seek to know Christ and Him crucified. They now seek that which glorifies their own fleshly desires. Their mind is no longer set on the goal which is that prize of the upward cause of Christ. Their mind is set on earthly things. So Paul is brought to tears at the realization that they have made themselves enemies of Christ and of the cross. They have made destruction the prize for which they now strive. Beware of those who walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. But having warned them of obstacles that they may face, Paul wants them to know that those obstacles can be overcome. The first instruction that he gives them is that they be mature in the way that they think. Mature Christians don't dwell in the past. They don't dwell on past sins because they know that that blood of Christ covers those sins and that they are forgiven. Mature people don't dwell in the past because they know that no matter how hard things get here, no matter what they have to endure, heaven will be worth it all. And so he tells them to be mature in the way that they think. And that for those of them who are not yet mature, Christ or God will reveal these things to them. As we mature in Christ, we must come to these realizations. That God has revealed that our sins are forgiven and that our prize will be worth Everything we endure here on earth. Next, Paul instructs them to hold true to that which they've obtained. Think of it like this. Think of soldiers marching in a uniform line. God's at the head. He's the one leading the march. Paul is standing right behind him. He's watching what everything God does and seeking to imitate it. And he's telling each and every one of us to file in line behind him. And to look to those who are following God. To not step out of line, but to hold true to the standard that God has set through Paul and through other faithful brothers. He instructs them to imitate him and to keep their eyes on those who walk according to his example. If you want to overcome obstacles, look to those around you who are overcoming obstacles. See what they're doing and imitate that. If you struggle, look to those around you who struggle, but have overcome faithfully. Don't be imitators of those who have given in to the obstacles, but imitate Christ. Imitate those who are seeking the cross of Christ. And finally, he instructs them to learn from the mistakes of others. Paul has just detailed how one becomes an enemy of the cross of Christ, and now he's going to tell us what to do so that we don't become enemies of the cross ourselves. You see, enemies of the cross of Christ have set their minds on earthly things. 
But he reminds us that we're citizens of heaven. And therefore, our minds should be set on heavenly things. Enemies of the cross of Christ have made their God their belly. Their mission is to satisfy their own physical desires, to gratify their body. But Paul reminds us that our goal is to have a body like Christ's, a risen body, a glorious body. You see, Paul has a very, very specific goal in mind. Paul wants to go to heaven. Paul wants to take people with him. Do you and I share in that goal? Do you and I seek the prize of the upward call of Christ? Are you seeking resurrection from the dead? Are you looking for something better than this earthly life? If you are, then you need to remember to keep the main thing the main thing. To know what the goal is, that is to get to heaven. To know what the obstacles are, but also to know that those obstacles can be overcome. Maybe you've done that. If the case is today that you become like those who Paul warned about, those with te- who with tears he mourns as they have made themselves enemies of the cross of Christ. It's time you remember where your citizenship lies. It's time to remember that the race isn't over and there's still opportunity to restore yourself to the standard that God has set. However, you may fall into a third category. You may find that you are keeping the main thing the main thing. You do know what the goal is. You are aware of the obstacles, and you're working to overcome those. If that's the case, I want to remind you that you haven't yet reached the goal. The race is still ongoing, so run with endurance. Regardless of where you are in your spiritual life, remember that you have not finished the race, that there still is opportunity to reach the goal, and there's still a prize to be won. I want to encourage you to join me in imitating Paul as he strives towards that goal. If there's anything we can do to help you achieve that goal, please come as we stand and sing.